It's time for the 3304 Sports Podcast with your hosts, Dan Steinbeck and Cole Bourne Bergstrom. Welcome into the 3304 Sports Podcast here on a Thursday. Dan Steinbeck and Cole Bourne Bergstrom. We are joined by Carter Hill. Historic day in Virginia Tech Athletics as Brent Pry wrapped up his official press conference for the first time as Virginia Tech head coach this morning. Uh, we're welcoming Carter Hill back to ask him questions, get his initial thoughts on the press conference dive in a little bit more into what was said and then we'll go from there so carter glad to have you back once again and let's get right into it so initial response to the press conference within the fan base within you know all the supporters it's overall positive uh i was watching uh, i did have a positive i do think i have a positive reaction to it without going into too much detail just yet do you find that positive response warranted yeah, absolutely. I think, and first off, once again, thanks for having me on as always, but yeah, no, absolutely. I think he absolutely warrants a positive response. He, you know, very much expressed his desire to coach at Virginia Tech. He talked about his love for Virginia Tech. He talked about the want to be here and the the, the desire to be the head coach here. So uh, of course, that's always going to get your fan base on your side. He talked directly to the Hokie Nation. He addressed recruiting. He addressed all the topics he needed to address. So of course, that's going to get your fan base riled up. You know, obviously he coached under both Beamer and Bud. So of course that's going to get people excited as well. So I don't think I, I, one of my buddies on Twitter brought this up. I don't think anyone ever truly wins a press conference, but this was pretty dang close and he definitely got off to a good start. He said all the right things. He said what he needed to say. And most importantly, he's got the, the fan base optimistic again. It's exciting to see Virginia Tech Twitter and the Virginia Tech fan base finally seemingly all moving in the right direction and rooting for Brent Pry to, you know, rooting for Brent Pry to have a successful head coaching tenure here at Virginia Tech. All right. Uh, right around the start of his press conference, he was doing his opening statement, got into a lot of thanks uh, for a lot of people. Uh, obviously you mentioned James Franklin, who, I mean, ever since this hire has gotten made, everyone's made the deal of how he's basically James Franklin's right-hand man, best friend, uh, been with James Franklin for decades now at this point. Uh, mentioned his father, got very emotional. And then, of course, like you said, the connection with Frank Beamer and Bud Foster uh, due to his time here as a grad assistant. Do you think his time learning under two tech legends, we talk about culture, uh, will that matter in him rebuilding the program? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he embraced the, the culture of Virginia Tech. You know, he talked about how the culture here was special and how there are very few jobs and there are plenty of opportunities for him to leave, not saying power five, but it's well known that he turned down a multitude of group of five head coaching opportunities over the years. And he said that he really, he was content with being at Penn state, but when Virginia tech came around, he couldn't say no to that. He said he badly wanted this job. He said he was asked the first question he was asked in the press conference was when this job opened up, were you open the call? And he said, absolutely. That was his answer. So it was the easiest answer of the press conference. So yeah, no, I think he embraces the culture of Virginia Tech. And he said he's he's always admired Frank Beamer and Bud Foster and what they did here at Tech. And the fact now that he gets to continue their legacy by being head coach at Virginia Tech, I think quite frankly, you know, it's cliche, but I think it's a dream come true for him. And I think he embodies and he embraces the fact that he gets to carry on the traditions that Coach Beamer and Coach Foster put in here at Virginia Tech. And I think I think he's looking forward to getting after it and, and continuing, you know, and building Virginia Tech back to the level where we all know it should be and and rebuilding it out of the, the sleeping giant stage of the ACC back to a top 20 program in the country here and then you're out. 
I think, believe this is something we've touched on on uh, here before with you, but uh, this is something that fans have been clamoring for. Uh, a quote from Pry saying, we're going to recruit our footprint. We're going to recruit everywhere, but our footprint is going to be our emphasis. Uh, Whip Babcock made keeping VA players in state a point uh, for the next head man, and how will Pry be able to deliver on this? Well, you look at Brent Pry's resume, and it's pretty dang good. He was regarded, I was reading an article the other day, I think it was a year ago, maybe it was, I could be wrong. I think it was 247 Sports, they came out and said that, or they, they made a, a list of the top recruiters in the country, and Brent Pry was on that list. And a lot of that is because of his ability to recruit in, recruit in Virginia, now would be recruited in state. I think Brent Pry will immediately come in. I, you know, who knows what's going to happen on the field immediately, but I think he will immediately come in and continue the positive recruiting momentum that was gained this past year and rebuild the, you know, the in-state ties, because you look at some of the players that he's gotten from inside the Commonwealth to come to, to Penn State, he tore Gross Matos, plenty of others that were high NFL draft picks at, at, at Penn State. If he can recruit Virginia kids at Penn State, he's going to be able to recruit them at Virginia Tech. And I, I think he'll have no problem on the recruiting trail. Like you said, yeah, I think that was an emphasis to bring someone in who could recruit the state of Virginia because, you know, with Babcock and, and the leadership of Virginia Tech realized that's been a weakness for, for Justin Fuente's staff. And now, you know, they get to keep another guy on staff that is a true Hokie and J.C. Price who, you know, has done a decent job so far recruiting in-state and he'll, he'll help uh, – help Brent Pry continue to recruit the area as well as he can. I think he's going to put an emphasis on Virginia. Absolutely. He said in the press conference. And I think it's funny that, you know, he had to say the simplest things about recruiting in Virginia to win over the fan base. And that's exactly what he did because no one's, you know, we haven't heard a Virginia tech coach emphasize a Virginia tech head coach emphasize recruiting in Virginia since the late Beamer days. So mm -hmm. So it's it's a it's pre, it's a pretty big deal, and I think he'll do a nice job, and I think he'll immediately elevate Virginia Tech staff into one of the best in the ACC, and he'll kind of take back Virginia from North Carolina and Penn State. I mean, he was the top poacher for Virginia Tech from Penn State, and now not only is he joining Virginia Tech side, he's leaving Penn State behind. So I think I think he'll do quite well there. Speaking of the fans, Pry also commented that we're going to connect to the fans, the community, and the former players. Um, this is an engaged fan base, um, no matter the coach. I mean, we saw it. You know, Duke on our senior night, we had a packed stadium. Um, but compared to the last regime, uh, it was kind of where ties were cut um, between, you know, almost the staff and the fan base. Um, what can this attitude contribute to Brent Pry's success? Well, I mean, you got to win over the fan base. That's number one. And he certainly did that today with the press conference overall. But the fact that he, like, you know, he, he looked at the camera and he said to Hokie Nation, you all matter to me. So the fan base is on his side early on. And that certainly will help. I think, I think that the fan base realizes this won't be a, most likely it's not going to be a Justin Fuente situation with the first year they went 10 games. That's probably not going to happen. So I, I think the fans got to be patient with them, but I think there's a lot of positive momentum surround, surrounding Brent Pry right now. And a lot of that has to do because he addressed the fan base. And I think people appreciate that and it makes people want to root for him harder. So I think he's definitely going to get the fans involved, which, 
you know, we have not seen a lot of the last few years. He's going to get alumni involved. He's going to get former players involved. He has a call with former players later today that practically everyone's invited to. He met with the core cadets this morning. So, you know, no offense to Justin Fuente, but we didn't see that from him, at least publicly. So mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. But I, I think I think that he'll do quite well with that, too. And I think people will, will embrace Brent Pry as the next head Hokie. And he's already done a good job early on making sure that the fan base and alumni, students, former student-athletes, and the core cadets are, are on their side. So he's done a, a nice job embracing the culture of Virginia Tech in that aspect as well. Another quote that we pulled, uh, this is just a small thing. He mentioned having an open-door policy. How do you read into that? I think by open-door policy, how I took it was he's going to be transparent. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure you said this off the top of my head in – in the context of his players talking to him. I believe that's correct. Okay, so when talking about that, I remember thinking when he said that, that they're not afraid to have tough conversations. I believe he said that word for word. And, you know, players are going to be allowed to come in and talk about concerns, you know, maybe concerns with the offense, concerns with certain things around the program, concerns about the transfer portal. I think there's going to be more transparency when it comes to certain players, maybe transparency when it comes to, 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 you know, who knows, maybe the medical staff at Virginia Tech, there has been rumors there's been some disconnect there. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think overall the open door policy is just that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of transparency within the program. They're going to be as transparent as they can with the fans, and he's going to have a good relationship with his players and, and let them know that he'll be there for them and, and always have his door open so that they can come in and, and talk when needed. And, and I think that's that's really important when – you know, when you're leading a program and that's a very C CEO type thing for him to say, you know, we didn't know that's the one question mark about Brent Fry. He's never been a head coach. So is he going to be a CEO type guy? I think today, you know, it, it leads fans to believe that he will be And today was a good start. And I think that that displays some of those tactics. Uh, it was also mentioned by uh, Pry during the conf- uh, during the conference, the other side of the ball. He said, "Efficient offense, score some points, but be efficient. Be explosive at times. Be a problem for defensive coordinators." Guys have reached out. He says that there are good options on the table. It seems logical that with a defensive coach, the concern would be the offense and his staff. How important are the offensive hires for Pry's tenure? Oh, they're extremely important. They are extremely important. Like I was telling you off air when we were talking about it, I'm not really as worried about the defensive hires because I, I trust whoever Brent Pry puts in place there, they're, they're going to do fine. And, you know, he's regarded as one of the, the sharpest defensive minds in all of college football. And we know J.C. Price is coming back. You're going to have to remind me what his name was. Savannah State head coach. He's going to be the linebacker. Coach here. Do you remember name off the top of your head? Quinn. Name's just right now. Oh, well, loosely Dan does. I, I, I wouldn't. You, you got uh, it, Dan? Yeah, Quinn. Quinn. Okay, Sean Quinn. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to be the linebackers coach here, it looks like. So that looks like an interesting hire, but I trust that they're going to be fine. On the offensive side, though, I, that's that's the big question mark. Like I was telling you off there, like, you know, Justin Fuente, when he was here, he could oversee the offense and the defense was buzz. Whoever is the offensive coordinator here, it will be his offense. Brent Pry is the head coach. And of course, you know, he's going to oversee it, but he's a defensive guy. Whoever comes in as the OC, it's going to be his offense. You got to have a guy that comes in with experience. You got to have got a guy that comes in that 
has a good reputation. And you have to guy, most importantly, who can come in and develop, which we have yet to see really the last few years to the level of Virginia Tech fans' likings. So I, I think it's huge. I, I don't think I can fully judge the hire until I see who is OC and who will be on that offensive staff. So yeah, it's, it's humongous to answer your question. I, I think it's, it's the key to the, to the staff. I, I think it's the key to the hire and we'll see. I, there's some names that are floating around. I don't know what's realistic, what's not, but hopefully we'll get an answer in the next few days. He said there's plenty of people calling hoping for that job too. So that's a good sign. Yeah. And going to the other side of the ball, um, it's, it's, it's highly possible that he's not going to be calling plays for defense as it is rare for defensive coaches to um, to stay kind of as that DC after taking on a head gig. Um, do you see this as a helpful thing or as potentially harmful? I think it's definitely helpful. Brent probably like, like we were talking about, he was known as one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football. But at the same time, now that he's the head man, he needs to put his focus into the whole team. And bringing on a defensive coordinator, I think is the right move to make because as good a mind as he is, he has to be the CEO. You have to have a guy come in and be just the coordinator too, in my opinion. That's why they went with JC Price as the interim. So all three coordinators could remain in place and just focus on being a coordinator. So I think that was definitely for fans a relief to hear him say that he was not going to be the one calling the plays. Now he said he, he left it open a little bit depending on the situation, but he did say that, that, uh, but he said he would reevaluate the spring, but he did say that they were looking to bring on somebody to, to be the defensive coordinator. So yeah, I, I think it's the right move to make another, another point to hit on, on the defensive side. I don't know. No one's really hit on it on Twitter that I've seen just yet, but I think there's actually a decent shot that Bill Tierlink is staying on. He tweeted out earlier today something about Virginia Tech being such a special place, not in a term, not in terms of him leaving, but in terms of getting a recruit or the press conference. I think he was referring to the press conference today. So he may be staying on as the defensive line coach as well with JC Price. So it gives you some continuity in what should be a pretty good uh, pretty good Virginia Tech defense next year, especially with a guy like Brent Pry and his defensive coordinator overseeing it. All right. After the press conference, the official numbers were released on salaries. Uh, you're looking at a base salary of 500,000 and then, you know, a lot of incentives or, you know, just contract details. Uh, first two years, Brent Pry will be making $4 million. And then that gets bumped up to $4.75 million, four years, three through six. Uh, as it looks now by year three, He's going to be the second highest paid coach in the conference. Uh, I believe Dave Clawson's contract, though, now that I think about it, should bump that up. Uh, I don't know the exact details of that, but um, he's going to be making more than Justin Fuente did. Justin Fuente was making about 4.25, so there's a considerable uh, level up there. And the assistant coach pool and support staff funding have gone up as well. Uh, on the assistant coaching pool, you're looking at approximately $2 million more than previously, looking at about $5.5 million dollars. They're, that's putting them squarely in the top three in the conference. And, you know, just when you look at those numbers, do you find them sufficient enough to get this team in rebuild mode to compete for ACC titles again? Yeah, and, and Whit Babcock emphasized that in the Justin Fuente firing press conference, that their budget for assistant coaches and support staff is now one of the highest in the ACC, which is crucial because in Justin Fuente's defense, he never had the funds to really bring in the staff he wanted to bring in. I mean, we had 
Brad Kornelson, who had barely ever been an offensive coordinator, making 440K off the top of my head, which was, they brought this up on TSL yesterday because they were talking about Matt Campbell. Uh, Iowa State's strength and conditioning coach was making more than Brad Cornelson was at Virginia Tech. And that's a problem. That, that just is a problem. So you can't get the exact coordinators you want when you're, you can only pay your OC 440K, and that will change. Now, the new OC here likely will be making around a million dollars, and which is obviously more than twice uh, the amount that Brad Cornelson was making. And then, I mean, just looking more through the staff, I mean, Adam, Le Adam Lechtenberg as the running backs coach was another guy that just seemed like they just added because they couldn't afford another guy, Justin Hamilton too. They couldn't afford an elite defensive coordinator so they elevated Justin Hamilton. So it's huge that, that they have this money allocated for assistant coaches because the staff is going to be like we were talking about, absolutely crucial. Same with the support staff as well. I assume the strength and conditioning coach falls under the support staff. I think a lot of people are curious to see who comes in as the, the strength coach and as well with, you know, recruiting staffs and everyone else around, you know, the support staff. So it's, it's, it's huge to have this type of money allocated to the staff and not, not so much so with Brent Pry, but with the people around them. And it will give them a chance to build a staff that should get Virginia Tech back to the level they need to be, like you said, in terms of competing for ACC championships and starting with competing for the coach division. All right. Uh, in his press conference, he was talking about, you know, roster, the current state of college football a little bit. He mentioned multiple times the fluid nature of a roster nowadays. And I mean, already just today, we've seen Tavion Robinson has entered the transfer portal. Uh, other guys like James Mitchell, you know, their future's up in the air. How do you see Pry's approach of trying to hold together the recruiting class coming in? attacking the portal to bring more talent what do you think he's overall his approach is going to look like and then at the end of the day do do you think we're looking at an overall better roster in the spring i have a tough time answering the better roster i think it's a little bit too early to answer that question i think i think you'll see naturally i think you will see some drop off somewhere in terms of like receiver for example there's probably going to be a drop-off at receiver. Defensively, it could get stronger with Brent Fry being in charge. So that, that definitely is up in the air. In terms of going forward and the makeup of this roster, like you were talking about, and recruiting, they're going to get after it pretty immediately. We've already seen J.C. Price going out and trying to keep together this 2022 class. Brent Pry will do the same. His first call should be to Alex Orgy. My opinion, he is the most crucial piece to this recruiting class because I think he will be the starter at Virginia Tech in two years. I think he has that ability. Then it's Ramon Brown. That's your number two. He has a chance to be a dynamic running back here. And then it's probably Gunnar Gibbons and it falls. I mean, you know, Malachi Madison goes into that tier. Very good tier as well. So, yeah, it, his first, it, really, his first task at Virginia Tech, other than getting the staff in place, is keeping this 2022 class together. And that's going to be where the majority of his efforts are are shifted towards this next week and a half. J.C. Price will be involved as well. He's also prepping for a bowl game. Brent Pry will be fully, fully engaged with recruiting. And I think a lot of this 2022 class will remain, but I worry about the offensive guys like Ramon Brown, Alex Orgy, because they have other opportunities that are just as good elsewhere. And they're not, they're not going to, to sign here until an offensive coordinator is in place. That's why it's also, also crucial to go ahead and get one in place. So I think he'll do just fine on recruiting, like I said, but 
it's going to be a point of emphasis early on to keep this 2022 class together. And like JC Price is already going out recruiting tonight. I don't know about Brent Pry. I assume he'll be on the road in the next day or two after, after figuring some stuff out here, he'll be on the road. So it'll be a point of emphasis and it's, it's a key talking point until signing the day on December 15th. All right. And then last thing for you here, focusing on this team, this season, uh, just look at the bowl game. Basically every projection we're looking at, we're seeing military bowl against East Carolina. Uh, are you seeing anything different? Do you think there's a different possibility? Um, what, what, what do you think is going on there? I thought it was going to be military bowl versus East Carolina. I thought Duke's Mayo versus South Carolina and Shane Beamer was also a possibility that double in Charlotte between those two schools. Actually, David Teal reported today that it actually out of nowhere is looking like Virginia Tech may be heading to the pinstripe bowl and UVA may be going to the military bowl, which surprises me a little bit. But I mean, I'm not going to complain. Now, Virginia Tech will have a lot of people out for this bowl game. But if they get the pinstripe bowl, they get to play in Yankee Stadium, which is pretty cool. And they're likely going to be playing a decent, a decent Big Ten team, potentially Purdue or maybe even Penn State. So it would give it would give Virginia Tech a good chance to play another really good opponent, or at least a decent Power Five opponent. Personally, for me, I'm hoping for Charlotte or Annapolis just for proximity. But I think you know, of course, the Military Bowl is going to be a possibility because it's close, relatively, and there's a ton of alumni that flock around the DC area. So it's always going to be attractive for Virginia Tech to go there. It's going to be attractive for EVA to go there too, but especially Virginia Tech. And who would not want to see South Carolina and Virginia Tech in, in the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte? And there's a ton of alumni for both those schools right there, not far from either school. And then Shane Beamer versus J.C. Price. So that would be pretty cool. But actually, it looks like the, the Pinstripe Bowl may be a possibility. So, you know, there are some whispers about the Gasparilla Bowl against Florida. So, who knows really at this point, I think it could go either four ways. I think we're starting to hear less about Gasparilla, less about Dukes Mayo. It looked like it was a military bowl. Now it looks like it could be the pinstripe bowl. So maybe one of those two, but we'll see what happens on Sunday. All right, Carter Hill. Thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, talking about Brent Price's first official press conference this morning as Virginia Tech head coach. Do you have any article coming out today about that? Yeah, we'll have one. I don't know when it will be posted, but should be off to Chris Hirons this afternoon. So he'll either put it up tonight or tomorrow morning and he'll recap the press conference. All right, sounds good. You can find that uh, on 3304 Sports. Carter Hill, he is CBHill03 on Twitter. Uh, you can go see what he's saying about Virginia Tech football at any time. So once again, Carter Hill, thank you for joining us. For Colby and Bergstrom, I'm Dan Steinbach. Thank you guys so much for listening to the 3304 Sports Podcast. Have a great day and take care. We'll